And hello, and uh, welcome to the RPG Academy presents uh, Dragonlance, Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Uh, I'm your host and the game master for this game. Uh, I'm Chris Berlew. You probably recognize me from uh, Detention with Michael and several other actual plays I've done on here. I've uh, been around for a while. Uh, with me, though, I have four, four, where my camera is, there it is, brand new people that have never been on this show, but are people I've known for a long time. And I'm really excited to have everybody on board uh, not just because you guys are some of my closest friends, but because uh, this is probably my favorite setting. And the only thing I ever said would bring me back to 5th edition. So I guess Hasbro, you got me. You've been listening long enough that you knew exactly how to grab me. So great job, guys. Keep keep it coming. Uh, you'll, you'll keep getting my money if you keep doing Dragonlance. So uh, enough of that. I will have everybody go through and kind of introduce themselves and just briefly you know, talk about what your character is. And then we'll go ahead and talk a little bit about the game. Uh, so I'll, I'll just go in alphabetical order because that's easiest for me. So uh, Clay, say hello to everybody and introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Clayton. Um, again, like he said, first time on there with RPG Academy playing. I'm going to be playing a human fighter, actually a uh, squire to Salamnia soon, hopefully, if I live long enough, a knight of Salamnia get that going so this ought to be uh, interesting to play that type of a character <laughs> the oath and measure is going to be very fun for both of us to kind of yes <laughs> work into the story next up we have dave my name is dave um i am playing doran the uh dwarven ranger looking at the, the the fields and grasslands and forests around and uh yeah it should be uh should be a fun interesting game looking forward to it all right next up is uh, rj hello i'm rj uh I am playing Haladrin Nemric. He is a human rogue, I guess, of sorts. Not your typical rogue, but... Thief. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's going to be best friends with uh, Clay's character, the knight. It's going to be great. Thief. And uh, just for those who are listening, we were uh, in our session zero. So uh, everybody, anytime we mention session zero, we were uh, kind of making fun of RJ for playing a rogue who isn't really a thief. So that's just kind of an inside joke. So uh, last but not least, uh, we have Skip. Say hello to everyone. Hey, I'm Skip. I'm going to be uh, playing James Vanderwallen. Uh, everybody knows him as Dutch. He is a human cleric. Uh, he follows Kiri Jolith and uh, should get along really well with uh, Clay's character. And RJ and he will have discussions. For those that are not uh, fans of Dragonlance, I'm just going to give you a little backstory. Uh, this is set on the world of Kryn. Uh, they're on the continent of Ancelon. Currently, the gods have left Kryn, so there are no actual clerical abilities. But don't worry, by the end of tonight, it'll make sense exactly how Skip's character uh, is going to end up getting his abilities. Uh, they did a really good job here in the module. I'm pretty impressed with it. All of your characters are currently heading to the town of Vogler, where you are going to attend the funeral of your good friend Ispen Greenshield. We are going to be doing this a little different. Uh, the module set little short scenes to kind of establish a little bit of the backstory, add in a little bit of the, the story, and to really bring the party together pretty quickly. So they've got it broken down where your cleric characters do one vignette. If we had a wizard, they would do their own. But we're going to start off with the martial characters. So we have Goran, Hal, and Alaric. You guys are all individually traveling to Vogler. You're at a spot, uh, we'll say, look at this, I could do this randomly. Hal is the first one. You are coming down uh, the road, and you come to a spot where the, there's two paths that merge into one, and then you have the main road that continues on into Vogler. 
it is getting near uh, dusk. It's time for you to camp. You still have a good day's journey to get there. Right here in that fork is a very well-known and established campsite. Uh, it's known as the Comrades Campsite. And you get there and there's a big sign there that says Comrades Campsite, where all are friends. And there's already an established fire pit with benches built. And there's spots set up for people to set up their tents. So you're, you're the first one there. So you get the prime picking. So can you just describe what Hal looks like and kind of what he does when he gets to his campsite? Uh, yeah. Hal, Haldrin, Hal, he claims to be 5'10", roughly. Um, uh, he'll never never say exactly, though. He's got brown eyes. He's got, like, sandy brown hair. His uh, mom always said he had brown eyes because he's full of crap. You know, haha. Uh -huh. He's got um, some well-worn leather armor. Not at all looks like a thief. Doesn't look like a thief at all, just to be clear. He wears lots of blue, also. He gets to the campsite. He's uh, going to set up. He doesn't have a proper tent. He has a hammock and a tarp that goes over it. So he finds a couple nice trees, sets those up, and uh, begins collecting firewood. Uh, next, coming up the other road meeting here, uh, we have Goran. So Dave, if you could please describe what Goran looks like and what he does when he sets up camp. So Goran, uh, being a taller dwarf of, oh, four foot nine, kind of medium build for a dwarf, dressed in padded leather, kind of, if you could imagine, camouflaged colors, very earthy tones, a dwarf that carries a bow. He is a ranger, strides into the campsite, and he looks around, and he, he sees the this hammock-like thing, and, ah, somebody, somebody set up a bear burrito, all right, <laughs> very good. Uh, he goes over, if the campfire is not lit, he is going to start working on letting the campfire. Excellent. Uh, and last but not least, into the camp, we have uh, Ulrich. Clay, what does Ulrich look like? And as you walk up, you're going to see a dwarf bent over trying to start a fire, and... Uh, somebody in a hammock. Uh, Larrick walks up. Human. He's about six foot tall. Uh, stockier build. Uh, young and wearing leather armor. Dyed red with black tones on it. The one big thing about it, it can't really hide it. He has a great sword across his back. It's not exactly something that is mm -hmm. very hidden. So he's got black hair about shoulder length coming through. And if there's a fire going, and if I know that this is common ground, I would probably just go sit next to the fire and you know, start seeing what people are doing. And, you know, is it just the three of us here so far or at all? Yep. It's still fairly early dusk, but there's not any really good established campsites between here and the city. Okay. Uh, and this is very well known as a safe haven for travelers. Yeah, I'd probably sit next to the fire and look at the dwarf. And are you, are you having problems getting that started? Not at all. Offer up a hand and... Hi, my name's Alaric. How are you? Alaric. Alaric, very good to meet you. I'm Goring. Where are you heading to? Oh, I'm I'm heading to Vogler. Uh, Vogler, yes. Uh, there is a a very a solemn occasion I have there. But what about you? What what brings you into this area? I'm on my way to Vogler as well. Very good. Time to uh, mourn a, a family friend. You too, mourning someone. Ah, oh. it's uh those times. <laughs> those times, I've I guess. Our, uh, I've not met our <laughs> the, uh, the the other one occupancy here. Yeah, interesting that you all say that you're headed to Vogler because that's that that is also where I'm heading. It uh, I'll have to pay it repay a debt ah. if I if I do if I do say. There's nothing wrong with paying back what's owed. Yes. Um. Uh, no, no, no. I, something I've been putting off. Yeah. What honorable? Never been accused of that, but <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> that's okay. You'll have time. Okay. So, uh, 
this uh, solemn occasion that that uh, you are you were both seemingly hurtling towards. If I may take a guess, it's uh, to see uh, old uh, Green Shield. Yes, yes, yes. You're, you, 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 your it's, guess is correct. Been. Yes, it's been. Yes. Uh, oh, also, how rude of me. I'm uh, I'm off the clock. You can call me Hal. Hal, yes. Well met, Hal. Hi, Hal. Alaric here. Alaric, I heard. And again, Gorin. And Gorin, yes. Hello. I'm safer as long as I sleep above you. The bears don't get us that way. Or get me that way. <laughs> You have lots of bears where you come from? Yes, yes. Ah, I see. Excellent. So, uh, what's for dinner? Well, um, I have some a rabbit stew of that I was planning on cooking. If you guys have anything to add to the pot, then be my guest. I, I have a tater or two. <laughs> yes, very good. As you guys are starting to gather your provisions together for the evening meal, you hear a, a scream down the road in the direction you would be traveling in the morning. And you see a young man come running around a little bend. He's just yelling, please help, please help. And he's running right straight at you guys. He's got some blood on him and he looks white as a ghost. I would stand up immediately and go to him. Like, what's wrong? What do you need help with? The, the, the soldiers, they, we were attacked. They're all, they're all, they're all dead and they're, they're looting what, this, this other's head. The soldiers are dead. Yeah. Where at? Down the road. What? Was, what? 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 Attack the soldiers or ambush them or? He looks at the ground and visibly shakes. I don't know. They were. I thought they were just people in robes and cloaks, and when they got there, they they changed with the claws and the, the, their teeth and the smell. And those poor, 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 that he looks right at Ulrich and he points at your amulet. They had that on. Stay here by the fire. And I turn around and walk away, going toward them where they were. They pulled us off the road. I'll, I'll have to show you. Okay. Stay behind us or behind me. I'm going. I don't know about I, you guys. I will, I will draw my bow and quietly follow I, too, will douse the fire a little bit so it doesn't get out of hand, and then grab my bow and uh, attempt to run to catch up. Great sword in hand if I know we're walking into problems. Question. Um, have we heard of these, Claude? Nope. You guys walk a little over a half mile down the road, and he turns a corner, and he's heading down off the path. As a ranger, you look at it, and you're thinking, uh... I could have followed this very easily because right. you can <laughs> see the wagon tracks. You can see where things were drug. And this little attendant has been staying very close to Ulrich. Never getting in front of you, though. He will literally grab your shoulders and turn you this way now. Don't go this way. He listened to you when you said, stay behind me. And you guys come up where there's a little bit of a hill. And he points goes, they're right over there. All right. Before we rush in, do I see anything? Right. Uh, if you guys go up top of the little hill and you look down, uh, you see a, a wrecked wagon. Uh, it's there. It's toppled. Uh, it's surrounded uh, all by some by, by these uh, four armed corpses. And currently there's these strange figures picking through the remains. And from beneath their dark cloaks, all you can see are scaly wings and some sharp reptilian features. 
And currently there are five of them. Is there anybody left alive? Not that you can see okay. from here. There. What you can see from here is the armor they're wearing. It is it is a type of plate mail. It's very we'll say entry mm. level. And it's got huge dents in it. And you can see see pieces have been ripped open. So the armor won't be usable, and it's pretty safe to bet that the person did not survive. And as you guys are watching one of them, the taller one, he appears from here. He's probably close to six feet tall. He's got sleek torso, some long limbs. And every now and then you see uh, hints of dull copper scales. And he seems to be the one leading the other four. The other four, they're, you know, five to five and a half feet tall, kind of have some stooped shoulders. Uh, their scales are mottled with uh, shades of brass and dark green. The, those ones are armed with short swords and the taller one, you can't see any weapons on him. Um, how far away? Uh, great. Say 180 feet. Quite a bit. I have to change my brain from Star Wars to d and I just ran Star Wars the other day, so. <laughs> so um, I, I'll motion either forward or back to you, depending on if I've caught up to you guys or not yet. Um, I, I'm going to go Oh, what is the, oh, we're up on a, a little hill or a knoll. Is it um, grassy? Is it foresty? This is all, all forest. It's all woods. So I'm picturing that currently you guys are kind of hiding in the forest, looking down. They're very intent on looting what's in the wagon okay. right now. But you do know if you want to get to them, if you don't try to be stealthy, they will be able to right. hear you. Especially the ranger, you're going to know the other two are going to be snapping twigs and stepping on dead, dead leaves and crunching their way through. Well, again, if you're not trying to be stealthy, if you're trying to be stealthy, then we'd roll for that. Look to the, the other two. Are we going to attempt to just subdue or uh, intervene or just seek retribution? They Clearly, these are these are murderers and they yes. deserve to be treated as they such. They have to be stopped. I, I, I agree with you there. Uh, All right. Then I, I, I say I... I I'm going to cut off to the right uh, and go down uh, to get a, a better shot from them or a better shot at them. Okay. Um, I will attempt to uh, use stealth. Uh, stealth check. Say I would, at least stealth so I get close enough that I could do something because I'm not going to hit them anywhere near at 180 right. feet. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably don't have to make that roll until you're way closer. And it's probably not 180 feet because that'd be tough to see those details. <laughs> closer. So we'll say you guys are closer to that. Well, I'm going to go with I failed. Because I got a six. Okay. What'd you get, uh, Hal? 300? <laughs> no, but I got 20, 26. All right. So you are successfully being stealthy. Uh, what did Goran get? Goran got uh, an eight. Okay. So one of you is being very good at being stealthy. The other Probably two not. are not. And when you get within uh, 30 feet, they, they turn around and... The taller one hisses at you. He flashes his cloak open and these wings pop out. He pulls two daggers out and then he hisses incoherently at the other four and two of them come charging straight at the two of you and the other three are taking off in the other direction. So now we get to go to initiative.
You did say roll for initiative, right? Yes. You tell me when you want numbers. Uh, go ahead. 18. All right. I got a 13. Okay. Goran. Oh, Goran got a 19. All right. Uh, Goran, you go first. All right. So they, there's two of them heading straight. Uh, one's heading straight to you, and one is heading straight at Ulrich. So the taller one and the other two are retreating. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, shoot. 20, 23. That will hit. Uh, six points of damage. And that is the one that's coming straight at you. Correct. All right. Uh, Ulrich, you are next on the list. 11. To hit? Yes. Uh, that is a miss. I figured. <laughs> uh, usually when I run D&D, uh, &D, I just tell you guys their AC is a 14, just because it's easier for me. Okay. So that's your target number on this one. Uh, you guys actually, they roll poorly, so it is Hal's turn. They currently don't know you're there. There's one that's heading towards Gorin that's been hit, and the other one that's heading towards Ulrich is currently engaged with him, but he missed him. Okay. How far away is the uh, the leader? Uh, he beat feeded right off the bat, so he's probably 60 feet away. Because he is, whoops, hold on, let me look. I'm sorry, 70 feet away. Because he can move a little faster. All right, my bow has 80 foot of range for normal. So I would like to shoot at him. And okay. am I still considered hidden? Do I get sneak yep. attack? He's at a. All right, excellent. For him. Okay. I got a 16. So that'll hit. 12 damage. Ouch. Piercing damage, if that matters. Uh, just for people who are new, what is piercing doing done to the dragon? Uh, um, it's just a damage types. Different weapons do different damage types. So, like a sword would do slashing, gotcha. uh, bow or throw or a thrown dagger would do piercing damage. Uh, a cudgel would do bludgeoning. Awesome. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, the one that is on you, Gorn, is going to roll to hit you. What is your AC? Uh, good question. I believe it is. 14, because you do not have Perfect. a shield out. So the 19 I rolled hits you. He hits you with his short sword. Correct. Uh, doing okay. uh, three points of damage. Ouch. One that's okay. on Ulrich. Uh, I'm a, 11 probably does not hit you. No, 14. Perfect. So we're back to the top then. So we have uh, Goran. I am now in melee. Yes. Correct, okay. I drop the bow. I use my, I believe it's a move action now or something like that. I'm uh, going to grab my Warhammer okay. and wield it two-handed. All right. Rolled hitting. All right. Now we're looking at an 18. All right. Roll your damage, please. That hits. Eight points of damage. Excellent. You hit him, and you, you, you cave in part of his chest, and as he does, he belches out this gas at you. Make a DC 11 constitution save. Very good. Is it poison? Because I get advantage on poison rolls. Let or, me double uh, check on that. Sure. It just says petrifying gas. So it does not okay. say poison. Nope. Very good. Uh, then I, that would be a six. Okay. So I fail. All right. That's one failure. All right. Uh, we go to Ulrich. The one that's in front of you. 
That was 17 hits. You said 14, Correct. right? Yep. So. 12 damage. Similar, you cut him deep into his body. Your sword sticks into his body as this gas leaks out. Uh, DC 11 constitution save. 19, so success. Yes. You feel your body start to harden. Your muscles go stiff. You feel as though your sword is beginning to stay at place, but you manage to fight that feeling off. And then the creature in front of you crumbles to dust and falls in a pile of almost concrete-looking leftovers. Uh, the other three are sprinting as fast as they can to get away. We'll go back over to uh, Gorin for a second. Make that DC 11 constitution save. That would be a 15. Perfect. You've very similar experience. You feel your muscles start to tighten up and tense. You actually, for a moment, start to see your fingers. It looks almost as if they'd start turning into stone. And by sheer will, you push that off and you see that dust kind of crumble off your fingers. And when you look at the creature in front of you, it too has turned into a pile of almost a rubble in front of you. So the other three, unless you guys are going to try to beat feet and chase them, um, they are taken off. I mean, I can move 30, 30 feet because I attacked this round, so I can move 30 uh, feet. That's but there, are, there still is the wagon with the corpses that are there. There are three corpses that are there. Are the corpses moving, or are they are corpses and dead? They are definitely dead. Now that you guys are this close, even a quick glance, you can see the distinct horned helms of Knights of Salamnia, and you can see that their armor is extremely dented and, and ripped apart. You can see the blood uh, from the combat. It looks as though, if you look when you're looking at the weapons of the knights, it looks as though they got in some good hits before they went down. They were just overwhelmed by numbers. All right. Um, I, I'm going to drop my... Um, I'm going to try and get a, a pot shot off at one of them as they're running. Okay. Fire away. That'd be a 21. Okay. Which one are you hitting? If the leader is with within the, the 120... Um, mm -hmm. 100, sorry, 160 feet, then that's the one I'm going to try and hit. Okay. Uh, for eight points, of, sorry, nine, nine points of damage. Your arrow lands squarely in its back, and you see its body fall to the ground, and then the cloak that it's wearing falls on top of it, and it literally dissolves in front of you. And the other two, they're now full sprinting. And you can tell, based on their gait and speed, that they can run faster than you guys can. Because I just looked at their speed. What are these things? If you're asking that, I, I have never seen these things. Have you, looking at um, Hal, have you come across these, Hal? Uh, could I roll, a, like, a Chris, could I roll, like, a nature check to see if I've ever seen anything like this before? Sure. Roll and tell me what you get. I got a 13. Never heard of these things. I have no clue what these things are, but I <laughs> sure don't like them. Maybe else want to roll something to see if they can identify what it is? Yes. All right. Fire away. No. <laughs> Do you want a nature check? Sure. 
All right. That'd be 14. You've never seen this before or even heard of it. Nothing in nature has ever had these qualities of these creatures. All right. What crumbles when you die, when they die? I'm saying this as I'm walking toward the cat, uh, cart to make see what's in there that they were trying to search for. I, I'm going to go up to uh, the guy that ran up to, to warn us about this. and He's visibly relieved. Okay. Oh, thank you. I thought they were... I thought when they were done with those guys, they would come after the farms. Which direction are the farms? Was it the direction they're heading, or do they run in the direction they came from? He points more towards the town that you okay. guys are heading to, and these guys were heading... Basically, they're heading north. You have to add west, basically. We'll keep, keep it okay. easy for my own brain. So it does not look like the remaining two creatures are running towards the city or the no. town. Okay, good. I stop and I, I pull out my my uh, ale skin and uh, offer it, you know, to share with uh, with this guy to help him calm down a little bit more and collect up my uh, my bow. And he takes a a deep long drink and then hands it back to you. Thank you. And I take a deeper, longer drink and cap it off. And then see that the other that uh, Hal and um, uh, Alaric uh, is are heading towards the uh, the, the corpses, so I'm going to walk down there as well. Okay. They were picking that stuff apart. It looks like they got a few, probably some notepads and stuff. What you find, these three are working for the Knights of Slamney at different stages. They have been investigating raids on the different farms in the area. Okay. And they have some notes detailing descriptions of the farmers talking about creatures that match the description of the creatures you guys just fought. But in their notes, they talk very specifically about they have never heard of a creature like this, and nobody has. None of the farmers could say for sure what it was. They have different reports. Somebody said, oh, it's just a bear. Somebody else says, you know, it's, you know, Bigfoot. Somebody else says it's a skunk ape. Like, there's various descriptions. So, And on there, you have three longswords that you could salvage, eight days of food and water for each of you, and 40 steel pieces. For those that don't know Dragonlance, steel is the equivalent of gold pieces in D&D. And yes, in the module they say you can use gold. I'm going to stay traditional to the story, and steel is the main currency, or the big currency. You still have copper and silver underneath that. So figure steel is like gold. And as far as buying equipment, it's interchangeable in the books. It's just a little bit of lore that I like. Uh, and the logic behind that is steel is the most precious metal. Because gold really isn't useful for anything because it's too soft. So steel is very useful. So it's also a currency. As Hal and uh, Elric have made it there before me, um, I'm trying to continue to calm down our um, our companion. And, you know, is uh, were these... That what what were you doing with with these these knights? It looks like are you a squire to them? No, I work on a I I, I work on the farms in the area. I tend to animals. Okay, I help train horses to pull plows, and I was just hired to keep these horses healthy as they pull the uh, wagon. Very then, good. So what you're saying is that all this stuff in the cart has no owner currently. It belongs to where it was going. Currently, right, sure. But where where were they headed? Uh, we were just going to continue to travel around looking at the farms. Okay. But they were headed back to Vogler? 
right? I don't know. They told me where to go, not the other way around. Where was their home base that they operated out of? Because that's probably where this stuff should go. To Vogler. Do I recognize the knights at all? Or any signifying, like, what they are? They're very clearly wearing the Knights of Salamnia symbols. So, why am I blanking? Uh, it's one of them. Is that what they're based out of? Or, yeah. You would know that whichever is the closest Salamnic outpost. We'll just say that, because I don't feel like pulling the map out. All that's left is the long swords they were carrying. Very dented armor in their food and gold. Or steel. Wow, I even did it. Um, I, I will I go up and... and look around and ask our companion there um, what what items were taken uh, as far as I can tell just the reports there was more reports about what's going on on the farms but they really aren't any different than what you already have okay they really didn't find much if they were just planning to rob the you know rob the wagon I would Gather they would take the valuable stuff. So, instead of just the, the, the scrolls. Seems like they're covering their tracks. Yes. I, I don't know. I didn't stay to ask. No, I, I don't blame you. I, you did the right thing, coming to find help. Um, I'm sorry we were just not able to get here in time. Well, if I may make a suggestion, I believe that uh, these were your people, correct, Alaric? Yes. All right, so then all of this stuff probably belongs to you. You're responsible for it. I'll go to the bodies and pull, say, their the uh, Knights of Slamia symbols from all three. And as you guys see me do that, I go, these. we need to bury the bodies. Can't leave them out here disrespectfully. If they died doing what they were supposed to do, they need to be treated that way. Sure, yes. Return them to the earth. But I do put the three knight symbols in my bag. Very good. Very well. Excellent. So we see the three of you taking care of the uh, corpses of the knights. We're going to jump over to Dutch. Dutch is walking up to the comrades' campsite. It's currently empty. You see a, a small fire is trying to cling to life. Looks like somebody hastily threw some dirt on it to kind of quench it down. Not quench, to lower it down a little bit. Um, what does Dutch look like? Uh, Dutch, a human male, he's uh, 5'11", he's in his early 20s, uh, uh, dark brown hair, brown eyes, um, a fairly tan skin, uh, uh, fairly lightweight, he's about 165 pounds, so he doesn't look like he is a uh, heavy weapons fighter, even though he is wearing uh, scale mail and has a mace and small shield. Coming to the campsite, as you walk into the campsite, you feel dizzy and everything goes dark for a moment. And you see yourself standing in the center of a forest clearing. There's the sounds of clashing steel uh, from a thicket beyond. Uh, as you look around, um, you realize there's piles of body covering the ground. One of the fallen uh, is clutching uh, something against their chest. You're not really sure what it is, but you feel the urge to reach for it. But before you can, the object glows and then flashes with an intense light. And you 
come out of that little dizzy spell standing there in the comrades campsite looking around. We haven't had mushrooms in weeks. Shouldn't have flashbacks like that. As you sit down to uh, make your camp, you're going through and your pack and your hand clutches onto a metallic amulet and you pull it out and you have this feeling that this is the object you just saw a few moments ago but you've never seen it before. I'll take a closer look at it. As you pull it out of your pack and look at it, there's this incredible pulse of energy that ripples from it, knocking over the vegetation. And you are now in this unnatural clearing, similar to the one that was in your vision. And now you can see a crumbling stone structure that's lying among the undergrowth. Uh, The roof of it is pierced by the trunk of an immense tree, but its walls are mostly intact. You see a large, empty door frame that leads inside. And I utter a mild curse of oaths and ambitions. Just kind of make my way towards the the door. Uh, As you walk towards the door, the tree is visible. From the outside, it breaks through the ruined marble floor and stretches through the collapsed ceiling. Uh, As you go through the doors, you see on all sides or both sides of the structure, there are broken statues lining the walls. Make a quick, uh, let's go DC 12 religion check. 15. As you're walking through, looking at these different statues, you, you know exactly, these are statues of the various gods that used to be here on Kryn. On one side, you see uh, the gods dedicated to evil. On the other side, you see the gods of neutrality. And in front of you, on the main wall, you see the gods uh, dedicated to good. And one statue is standing out in the center. It's a tall minotaur standing with his hand on top of a large hammer. The hammer is on the ground. It's got one leg standing on top of a small pedestal. And it's got his arm held out. And in that arm, or clutched in his hand, is that amulet that appeared in your pack. I no longer have the amulet, then. The amulet is in the hand. Yes. And you know with that religion check uh, that the Minotaur is a representation of the god Kiri Jolith, who is known as the god of righteous war. By the horned god, Kiri Jolith, I will approach. As you approach the statue, it, the marble that it's carved out of, it looks as though it's fading from the top down, and the statue, it looks almost like it's made out of the night sky, and you can see several stars within the body. Continue to approach it. I look deep into it. I reach for the amulet. As soon as your hand touches the amulet, you hear a voice, and the voice seems to emanate from everywhere. And it's this very deep, resounding. You have always been one of mine. You have always had gifts to heal and inspire. 
I have always had faith in you. Will you now have faith in me? For I and the other gods never left the people. It was the people who left us. If you can have the same faith in me that I have in you, together we can bring back the other gods. We can bring back the miracles of healing and the righteous justice that the people need. Soon a darkness will sweep the land. I and the other gods will need champions. Will you have faith in me? As I will have faith in you. As a priest, as a son of a priest, as a son of a grandfather who was a priest, I shall take my knee in front of your enjoyment. Do you feel the amulet slide itself over your neck, take its place over your heart, and you feel this warmth envelop your body? And the voice just says, Then go, be my champion. I will have faith in you, you will have your faith in me, and there will be nothing that will stop us. And you feel this intense connection and this intense warmth flow through you. He says, as we part, I will leave you with this. You will now be able to harness your faith in me and create abilities that no others will have. In the past, this was just simply known as clerical magic. This is the gift I grant to all who have faith in me. And then everything slowly fades out. All you can see is the night sky that made up Kiri Jola's statue. And then that slowly fades out. And you find yourself sitting in the comrades campsite, looking at your pack, getting ready to break camp. But now you have the knowledge of how to cast actual clerical spells because before this you were really good at healing through herbs and other mundane tasks but you now have the knowledge of clerical magic after i will say hour or so or a couple hours of you guys getting the corpses of the knights taken care of you guys come back to the comrades campsite to find another human has sitting in the campsite almost glowing with joy i would say And it is definitely getting dark because you had to spend some time taking care of the bodies. Ellen, well met. How, how fair you all. You look as if you have been in a fight. Is everyone all right? Ellen, well met. Not everyone. That we have. That we have. Oddities. Um, I, uh, I am bleeding um, or dry blood. Um, the uh how how was your trip that is a discussion for another time i'm afraid but i have not seen any other creatures uh, per se ah very good very good yes we just oh a couple hours ago just uh routed off a couple some hideous scaly creatures scaly scaly and winged but two feet you're two walk on two legs and claws for hands Claws for hands, like like a lizard. Yes, like like a lizard, not 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 like a kobold, but bigger, t- bigger. Yes, yes. Uh, t- they were tall, 
maybe points over Auric about his size. True. By the way, I'm I'm Hal. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hi. You are? I'm Dutch. 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 Dutch, Dutch. Good. Good to meet you. Well met. Well met. Let me take a wild guess as to why you're here. Does it have to do with Green Shield? It's been. He's a. uh, He was a friend of my father's. Uh, My father had sent me to go to his funeral. Pay our respects. I'm assuming that is where you're heading as well. Uh, It sounds that's where we're all heading. So, uh, by the way, I'm sorry. I I am. I'm Gorin. Gorin Greeneye. Gorin. And did you do see that he has his right eye is green and the left is a kind of a, a bluish color. Are, are you injured? Yeah, yes, yes. The, uh, the, the creatures I had talked about, we, uh, they, they got a good shot on me, but I got, I got two of them. That's good. Um, I have some, uh, some salves. I think you should, I, I should be able to, to try it, but I, if I may, um, my travel has, uh, I, I am a priest of Kiri Joleth, and uh, <laughs> my family is, uh, has been priests for, for years and years. Um, my travels, though, they've enlightened me in a way, and I, if you would permit me, I would like to attempt to cure your injury. Yes. Uh, we. I have heard stories of, of well, before the it puts the gods had left, that that such activities or such such power was was wielded by uh, by by man. Yes, yes. If you think you can do it, uh, please. <laughs> As I've been enlightened, the gods never left us. We were the ones that left the gods. We just need to find our way back to them. I take out the horned emblem of Kiri Joelith and have it in one hand. I reach out with my left. I place it on your shoulder. And you're at full health now because I just rolled eight plus for your uh, healing. Holy sh... So this should be something fairly unusual that you guys have never seen before, this type of healing magic. You see just the awe of... Of uh, of Gorin, he said. I, as as I have said, I've I've heard tales of such, but but you. We all hear the stories of the charlatans, the fake clerics. But you're not injured anymore. Oh, you are. Yes, no, and I feel, I feel fine. Though the wounds. Are you sure you're not like a wizard, of some kind? You don't wear one of their cloaks. Ropes. <laughs> Ropes. Ropes. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, I I had visions from Curie Joleth directly, and they have I've been blessed with his power and ability for these gifts, and there's much more yet for me to learn, but I see a new path in front of me that is going to be amazing. Hopefully. Who are you? <laughs> My proper name is James Vanderwallen, but everyone just calls me Dutch. Much easier, thank you. I, I, we will call you Dutch. So how long ago did you get this enlightenment? I'm still just staring at Gorn. 
like waiting for something to change. <laughs> like, is that real? Is that... I mean, yeah, it's he, confusing. If you're asking that, he starts to pull back his his leather and pull up the shirt, and it is it is completely healed. I can breathe. Uh, I'm not an illusionist. You're no. not an illusionist, then. Let me show you. And I hold the amulet again, and I put out my hand, and I use the cantrip light, a glowing sphere of light over the camp now, so that it's uh, well illuminated. Well, I, I, I thank you. This, so when did you become enlightened? So you can enlighten me. Well, that's it, it, quite the thing, though. I, as I was traveling here, and there, there seemed to be somewhat of a gap between when I was on the road and when I reached this campsite. And during that time was when. I had my vision of the pantheon of the fallen gods and the returning gods. I uh, had Kiri Jolith uh, show me. It's very, very recent for me. But... So you say they're coming back? Why? Everything is fine. They don't. We don't need them. It's fine. Well, that, that's that's why they they seem to have been gone in the first place was that sort of thought that we did not need the gods and you know it's true that we don't but you know that the gods do need us and in an, in a way we will need them I guess I'm gonna go start the fire okay okay the knights yeah. actually do pay homage to Kiri Jolith so if this is true this is a good thing for us. That's our patron as well. So, I mean, well, one of them at least. <laughs> uh, from behind you, Ulrich, you hear uh, the farmhand that's been going with you. He, it is true. What's true? It was the king priest of Istar who demanded the gods make him all-powerful. That's what led to the cataclysm, and that's what led to people leaving the gods. It's people like you that need to bring them back. You have been chosen, each of you. I sense a great darkness falling on Ancelon. It will be up to you to help. And then he stops and kind of looks side to side. Huh. What's for dinner? Different tone of voice, I take it. A little bit different tone of voice. I stop and look at the other three of you and what i was told rabbit stew rabbit stew yes well i like rabbit stew and he goes over to help cook well very good uh how how are you feeling other than with your hands fine how are you I, i'm rias by the way i don't think i actually introduced myself rias no, you, you you did not have time. You were under duress. That's that's okay. Do you talk in many voices frequently? Huh? Do you talk in other voices frequently? Personality. No. Why would you ask that? Because you had just spoken with a different tone of uh, just a, a different voice and different 
completely different demeanor. Personality, yes. Different demand. Huh? I, uh, he's looking around very confused. I, I, no, I didn't. I've been standing here listening to you guys. Can I roll an insight to see if like he's lying or like if? Sure. Huh. Go ahead. Okay, I rolled it. I rolled it. Okay. Seems to be very truthful to you. It was did it look like he was injured at all? No, he he ran. Okay. I invite him to sit down and so um. Yeah, so I, I get the, the the food ready. It Ryan's helps you. He's oh good. He's willing to help. Good, good. I then start to talk farming with him, as that is my back my my family background. He knows a lot about horses and how horses are useful on the uh, on the farm. Dutch, if we're going to the same place, I don't know what those things were we just fought. It might be safer if we travel together. Yes, I, I agree. And by the way, I'm Ovarik, sorry. Never said that out loud. Might be a little bit safer. Uh Dutch, if you wanna make if you wanna make some sort of roll to uh see if you can identify those yeah, creatures. Uh, uh, maybe history. I can buy history. History or religion is one could be about the same. So. Yeah, it'd be a little more difficult, but go ahead and roll. Uh that would be a seventeen. No clue. This does not match any description of any creature you've ever heard of. I don't know. I don't recognize any of the description. Um, Usually when you kill things, they're still there when you kill them. They don't crumble to dust or acid. So everything that they were carrying turned to dust. They just collapsed and there was nothing left. Two of them breathed some kind of breath at us as they died. And one died at range and literally basically turned into a pool of acid and everything disintegrated with it. Yeah, that dude melted. Yeah, these... This was odd. Yes. For lack of better description, uh, prey on this and focus and see if I can garner any other information from Terry Jola on what we may be facing. But let's... I'll do that when we rest. Sure. Yeah, I would share the... I would share the reports if people want to look through them, obviously. You know, I would. I'd, it sounds like we're not going to get much out of it from the way you described, Chris, but um, at least try to read through them mm -hmm. and kind of do yeah. that. You said it's basically nighttime at this point. Mm -hmm. We should probably uh, consider some sort of a rotation of uh, who's going to watch. <laughs> sure, I'll take first watch. I don't care. Watch. That'll be hell on first, or on second. Uh, uh, I will take the, the, the darkest time. Elric, would you prefer uh, third or last watch? I can do either or. No, I'll take third then and go ahead and take four. We'll get an early start with sunrise and finish our trek into Bulger and see how things fare there. The only event you have at night is other travelers coming into the Comrades campsite and setting up. And it's very well known as a safe haven. So you have a few traveling merchants that are coming through that set up and you have a very uneventful evening other than that as you guys get up the next morning and head towards uh, Vogler uh, it's, it's only a little less than a day's journey to get there if everybody's ready I say we just head out very good yeah let's Raya's is your home near um yeah I can if it's okay with you go with you for a little bit and then I'll 
head through the farms once we're out of the forest area. I say I don't know which direction. I don't know if the direction we're going is the same way you pointed the farms were earlier. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Well, are we all are are we all on foot? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming that the horses were killed when the wagon was attacked, and so yeah, they were pulling the cart. Rice. Let's go. All right. Uh, you guys head towards Vogler. When you get near Vogler, you can see the uh, the fishing village clings to a small spit of land reaching into the Vingard River. Wooded cliffs overlook the community, and the only path uh, from the north descends past the ivy-covered uh, remnants of a crumbling stone keep. The village uh, has mostly modest wooden buildings clustered around a quaint central circle and a long riverbank. Uh, jutting into the river, out of place and seemingly out of time, stands an incomplete stone bridge of incredible artsmanship. The structure clearly dates to before the cataclysm, eclipsing its modern piers in size and sturdiness. The bridge crosses less than half the river's width before giving way to a series of ropes and tethered rafts serving as ferries across the river. On the river itself, dozens of small boats drift along the slow, murky waters as the fishers of Vogler ply their trade. So that is a perfect spot to stop. And we'll pick this up in a couple weeks. Uh, before then, if everybody can move their characters up to level two. Uh, and the way this module works, it's a little different. They do milestones. So there are different parts that tell us when to level the characters up. Uh, my goal is to try to get to each of those milestones each game session. Look, play it by ear because I don't know how long that'll take each game session, but that's kind of my plan. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, tonight was mostly to get the characters introduced and get you guys to Vogler, introduce how the clerical magic works. I should have explained the cataclysm before we started for people. Um, in Kryn, because the gods, well, people left the gods, as you just found out, all started, I think, like 300 years before. I believe is roughly the timeline, uh, was when the king-priest demanded power from the gods. They threw a fiery mountain down on to Kryn, forever changing the landscape. Uh, seas, some seas dried up, other areas that weren't next to seas became next to seas, and so there's a, a lot of geography and architecture that's out of place. So just like the bridge in Vogler, it's a remnant of before the cataclysm. Yes, there's a lot of very cool things in this, so yeah. Thank you guys for joining me. I'm excited to see how this goes. You know, we got into the characters pretty quick. You guys did awesome with the role-playing, getting the characters kind of established, and I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, I do want to let everybody know that's listening, and for you guys, uh, understand that a big part of this module is the fact that you guys are going to be in a war. So there are going to be some descriptions of things that happen in a war. We're going to keep it pretty kind of vague. So if, uh, let's say, for example, you come across a village that's been already looted and sacked. We're not going to describe what happens to the bodies graphically. It's just going to be you find several uh, dead bodies and things have been looted. Uh, we're going to try to keep it fairly PG-13 when it comes to that kind of stuff. But it's a war, so that kind of stuff is going to happen. Just a little warning. So, Otherwise, um, I appreciate everybody that uh, takes a listen to this. Uh, hit us up on social media. Uh, I can be found at Burlu underscore Chris. Uh, if any of you guys want to throw out your social media stuff, feel free. Um, I know you guys are not, you're, you're kind of like me and aren't the biggest fans of social media, but I know that we're all on the Discord, so if people want to hit us up on the RPG Academy's Discord, hit us up there. If you're not part of it, all you have to do is ask. We do have to do an invite. Uh, we had it open at one time, and we started getting a lot of uh, shoe sales and other 
ads spamming us, so Michael decided to make it invite only. But we love having people in there. It's a very active little community. It's probably my one of my favorite little places on the internet to go. You can find games like this and a lot of other games. We're doing some Shadow of the Demon Lord soon, I believe. A little one-shot of that and several others. So, um, again, thank you guys for joining us. And until next time. Uh, and as Michael and Tom would yell at me if I don't say, remember at the RPG Academy, our motto, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.